The presenting sponsor of Behind the Beak is Down in Front Productions. Not only are they the official video provider of Jacksonville State Athletics, but they're available to film your important event. They provide high-quality video services for your business or event at competitive prices with a personal approach. They specialize in sporting events, wedding videography, and business videography, but also provide videography and video editing work for other events such as seminars, commercials, and concerts. Give Dustin and the crew a call at 205-588-0864 or visit their website, D-I-F-P-B-H-A-M, that's D-I-F-P-B-H-A-M.com for more details. Down in Front Productions, the presenting sponsor of Behind the Beat. Looking to throw, down the sideline, Hester caught it, 10, 5, touchdown, touchdown Jackson State. He'll lose traffic, he'll drive it down and jam it in, oh my, Jamal Gregory, highlight real time, Sports Center top 10 time. This is Behind the Beat, the official podcast of Jacksonville State Athletics. Now, here's your host, Tyler Brown. Hello, everyone, and welcome into Behind the Beat, the official podcast of Jacksonville State Athletics. Today is Tuesday, February 4th. Tyler Brown alongside Avery Davis. Some current events to cover before we get into our Jacksonville State content. Uh, First to tell you about our interview today, we're joined by... Head softball coach Jana McGinnis, she's going to talk about the upcoming season, recap fan day, and then we go back a little bit and talk about her playing days here at Jacksonville State, her recruiting process, and she addresses a rumor that Mike Paris started with another team from the Gulf South Conference that you'll get a good laugh out of. Her interview coming up in just a few moments, but first, I think the biggest uh, news item we have is Super Bowl was played last night. Kansas City Chiefs pick up the win 31-20 over the San Francisco 49ers, a tough break for OBC former OBC quarterback Jimmy Garoppolo threw a touchdown in the big game uh, threw a couple of interceptions as well though completed 20 passes 219 yards but but couldn't get over Patrick Mahomes of the Kansas City Chiefs and Avery we've talked about it before being a Titans fan and uh, with Mahomes winning the Super Bowl after beating the Titans to take a little bit of the Titans loss sting away you could say that I guess uh I guess I was cheering for the 49ers last night e- either way, but uh, it was it was hard for them to overcome those two turnovers that they had there. Hard to, hard to beat the Kansas City Chiefs if you're not scoring upper 30, 40 points. We talked about it uh, just a little bit before we started recording. Uh, one of the biggest draws for watching the Super Bowl, obviously, is the commercials. And Do you have a favorite commercial from last night? I guess the, the Smot Pac uh, would be my favorite <laughs> commercial with John Krasinski and and that crew right there doing the Boston accents was pretty good. If you haven't had a chance to, definitely go YouTube all of those. There's some fantastic ones. Uh, Sam Elliott in a dance-off with uh, Nas, and then uh, <laughs> we've got a Baby Peanut coming back um, in place of Mr. Peanut. And so uh, if you've been following that saga, that that uh, begins a new advertising campaign for uh, Planner's Peanuts, <laughs> and so that's that's been dramatic over the past few weeks. Uh, one, of the, one of the things about... The Super Bowl commercials now is that you can watch a lot of them before the game even broadcasts. Yeah, then you don't have to watch the game. Because right. <laughs> I, I know uh, the Ellen commercial. She showed that on her show a uh, couple a couple of days before the Super Bowl. I know the Sam Elliott Doritos commercial. I saw it on YouTube a couple of days before the Super Bowl, and there were a few others out there. So is that? take away from the excitement a little bit for you especially when it's teams not around here that (laughs) that we don't have a lot in 
a lot of uh, a lot of interest in in those teams. But uh, yeah, a lot of people. I would like to see the figures on who watches the game for the football and who watches it for the commercials. I can I can tell you that my girlfriend watches it strictly for the commercials, and uh, she's a big Demi Lovato fan, so she uh, she had to watch it for the national anthem. Um, but the Super Bowl to us here at JSU was the second biggest thing going on yesterday. Yesterday was also Softball Fan Day, which they host every Super Bowl Sunday at University Field. And this was something that you and I had talked about earlier was that last year we had to have it in Pete Matthews Coliseum because University Field wasn't uh, rebuilt yet from the tornadoes. And it looked like a lot of you came out yesterday and supported. The bleachers were packed. Might have been one of the first times you got to see University Field uh, since it was rebuilt. Perfect weather. It's always a joke that Janet McGinnis has a direct line with the man who makes the weather. And yesterday was fantastic. And Avery, I know you were there. Yeah, and who would have thought we'd had a 60-degree day here in February 2nd? But, yeah, it was a beautiful day, and we talked about uh, the great support that the alumni showed coming out yesterday. Uh, they obviously, the softball team had, had their big five-year reunion that they have every five years, and we got to see some former players that are now coaches bring their teams out, and it was just great to see that support. And softball fan day is always a great kickoff to the uh, softball season for Jana McGinnis and the girls. That means that this Friday is the first game of the season for them. They're taking on Purdue-Fort Wayne as part of the KSU Invitational. They will throw the first pitch at 11 a.m. on Friday against Fort Wayne, and then after that, they take on Kennesaw State at 1 p.m. Saturday, they take on Fort Wayne again at 11 a.m., and then Kennesaw State at 3 p.m., and then they wrap up that Kennesaw State tournament against the Owls on Sunday, February 9th at 11 a.m. A lot of teams are on the road this week. That'll all come back to bite us next week as we have a ton of home events scheduled. But for this week, men's and women's tennis on the road. They're both at Nichols State on Thursday, February 6th. Those matches set to begin at noon. And then men's tennis will be at New Orleans on Friday, February 7th. Track and field on the road as well. Two-day uh, run at Columbia, South Carolina at the South Carolina Invitational. That wraps up on Saturday, February 8th. Men's and women's tennis will take on Alabama A&M in Huntsville at 1 p.m. on Saturday. And then after that, we've got basketball in action on the road. The men and women will be at Southeast Missouri State this Thursday, February 6th, with the women beginning at 5.15 and the men to follow. Both those games will be on ESPN+, Plus. as is Saturday, February 8th. We'll be at UT Martin with the women starting at 2 p.m. and the men to follow. Next Thursday, February 13th, the Gamecocks stay on the road in Cookville, Tennessee, as they play Tennessee Tech. That game will begin at 11 a.m. on ESPN Plus with the men to follow. And then February 15th, that Saturday, will be a 3 p.m. tip-off in Nashville, Tennessee against Belmont. That game will also be on ESPN Plus. Some other sports going on. Baseball gets started next week. Their first game is Friday, February 14th. They will take on Missouri in a three-game set here at home. First game is set for Friday at 3 p.m. Softball is on the road, taking on Delaware State and Coastal Carolina in Conway, South Carolina, as part of the Coastal Carolina Battle at the Beach. Baseball back in action again on Saturday at 3 p.m. against Missouri, and then softball on the road, Conway, South Carolina, Northern Illinois, and the College of Charleston. And then to wrap up next week, Sunday, February 16th, baseball wraps up their three-game series at home against Missouri at 1 p.m., and then softball wraps up their road contest with College of Charleston at 10.15 a.m. in Conway, South Carolina. That does it for this week's news and notes, and now it's time for our featured interview. 
Head softball coach Jana McGinnis is a six-time OBC Coach of the Year, and she's entering her 27th season at the helm of the JSU softball program. As a student athlete, she was a two-time All-Gulf South Conference selection in women's basketball, and she still holds the career assist record and single-season assist record in the women's basketball program. In 1991, as a student athlete, she and her sister Dana led the Gamecocks to a Gulf South Conference championship and an NCAA Division II South Region championship. She became a high school basketball coach after that, and not long after, came back to her alma mater as the head coach of the Gamecocks softball program. So for episode number 13, here is head softball coach Jana McGinnis. Coach Jana McGinnis, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. I'm honored, Tyler. Happy to have you Enjoy on. Enjoy listening to these. Oh, well, thank you. I appreciate that. I'll start off, first of all, yesterday was a lot of fun. We're recording this on Monday, February 3rd, but yesterday, Sunday, was annual mm-hmm. fan day, 2020. Mm-hmm. And so, um, a fantastic turnout yesterday, a lot of teams, a lot of fans, and uh, it looks like you guys have a lot of fun with that all the time. We do, Tyler. That's one of, you know, that's one of our program's highlights, and, uh, you know, I don't We've been doing it a long time. I can't remember exactly how many years, but uh, it just seems to to grow every year. And, yes, we were very fortunate. The weather, we couldn't have asked for uh, any better weather. And, you know, every year um, we send out information. And, you know, most of the area kids know it's Super Bowl uh, Sunday is when we always have it, uh, which is a good thing. You know, when we first started this the first time we had it we had it on Super Bowl Sunday and a lot of people were like that won't be a good date I said well I want to keep it here because at least everybody every year if they don't get social media if they don't get advertisement they will know when it is and I do Tyler I'll get phone calls I got a phone call on Friday night uh, from an older man and uh, just asked y'all still having fan day I know Super Bowl's coming up and you know, I actually saw him there the other day. So, you know, it's a good thing that we have it at the same time every year, and it kind of promotes itself. But, um, you know, you just never know how many people's going to show up. But yesterday, it's like I went into the locker room at 1 o'clock, and when I came out at 1.15, it was, the stands were already getting crowded and packed. And so, you know, we're very fortunate. We've got a lot of people around this area, especially young kids. They love the sport of softball. It's growing, and... We have a lot of alumni that coach uh, in this area, and they're always supportive of it. And they they understand how much fun it was for them as a player, and um, you know, and they know it's fun for their team. They kind of use it as a, a team building when they bring their team. So um, it was it was a good day. It was Sally Best's first time uh, doing uh, fan day, and she did a good job. I know she was nervous, but she did a good job. And um, you know, I, th- I hope it was as fun for the, the fans as it was for us. And thank you, Tyler, for helping us and, and everything. Oh, it's always it's always fun to help out with. You do a great job. Even even when I'm not doing something working there, I'm, I'm usually there watching. Yes, you are, yes. Uh, and you mentioned Sally Beth. Tell me about your staff additions this year and in mentioning alumni, too, for as mm-hmm. long as I was talking to Josh Underwood that he can remember and looking back at the uh, at the former staffs. You've always had JSU alums on your staff, your mm-hmm. full-time staff, mm-hmm. and we were we were double-checking. Us and UCLA are the only two Division One teams in the nation that our full-time staff is made up of our alums. Wow! Yes, at one time I knew you know that uh, that's the way it was. You know, Tyler, uh, we had our alumni weekend and we had our reunion on Saturday night, and you know I, I mentioned that when I. 
uh, introduced Sally, which she really, everybody knows Sally, all the alumni uh, did, but they understand, they, they know me and they understand this program. They knew it was very important that I would first look inward. I would look within our program because, you know, I, why not? I think, um, you know, our program puts out very successful people. Um, but Sally Beth had, had played here. I knew her. She loves this program. Um, she's loyal. Uh, she she was a volunteer here for, I know, two years. And um, when she left here and took the assistant job at Wallace Hansville, which is a great program, you know, I, I talked to her, and I promised her that if anything ever opened up, that she'd be the first one I talked to. And, um, you know, so when we did have an open position, uh, I called Sally Beth up. Uh, didn't offer the job. I said, I just want us to go out to eat, you know, because she had it great at Wallace. They were going to nationals, winning state. She was the recruiting coordinator, had a lot of good players, and I know how loyal, you know, she becomes to and, – and Wallace State was where she played too, so that was her home. And, you know, so we kind of talked and because um, I said, Sally Beth, I, I promised you that I'd talk to you about the job, and I said, uh, uh, but I understand you've got uh, – another career at Wallace Hansville I said but would you be interested in talking more about the job and she said for sure because I, I never wanted her to feel like she had to come or feel obligated to me um, and so so it just worked out and I think Tyler she has been a great fit um, she's working with pitchers and you know that that was another thing um, she was not a pitcher in college she has had to work with pitchers at Wallace Hansville she had um, so, so she knew a little bit, but it's like I told her. I said, you you can learn um, as much as you need to learn uh, to coach. I said, the one thing that you're going to do is a lot of it is managing the pitching staff. A lot of it is, you know, putting confidence in those players. And, um, and I knew Sally Beth could do that. And then we were just blessed. I mean, it was just, Tyler, it's just, it was good timing. Um, so I, I was just thinking of, um, people we could bring in and and when Maddie Moss um, came into our program and with her with pitching experience you know she's a graduate student for us and graduate manager but she and Sally Beth um, they talk on a regular basis about pitching and Maddie has just been a great a great addition to this entire program to the hitters to the fielders to the just to the program what she brings because our team um, watched Maddie throughout her career and um, we actually played her um, this was when Whitney Gillespie and them were on the team but um, Maddie has come in here and um, just loves Jack State she she's our first I, I tell her you're our first outsider that has ever you know a GA or anything we always hire our GA, GAs from within as well um, but she's just she's very humble her personality fits us and she's just like she played for us for four years, and she's been a very good addition to the girls. She, when they're struggling at practice, she'll she'll stay after and talk to them and and let them know, hey, I went through the same thing, and um, you know, she just really helps them out a lot. So I, I'm very proud of of where our staff is right now. She's from uh, the University of Tennessee. Mm -hmm. She pitched for four years uh, in the SEC, and you know, so she she brings some some experience and. Um, pitching in the in the major five, I mean, she knows how mental the pitching uh, can get uh, on a regular basis. So she's good about when she sees, especially our pitchers struggling, 
I saw her sitting in the dugout uh, talking to one the other day, and, and she's just she's kind of like their peer, but yet she's someone that they look up to. And then this year's fan day coincided with the softball reunion, which yes. you guys have every five years, and uh-huh. so the next one, 2025. Yes. What kind of response did you get from alums coming back and visiting. I saw a lot of uh, recent graduates out uh-huh. on the field yesterday mm-hmm. as well. Mm-hmm. Tyler, it was great. I mean, it is, uh, you know, I think we had over 175 people um, at our reunion. Now, that was families, uh, alumni, uh, managers, uh, trainers that have gone through our program, but, but they all made our program. And it was just a good night. It's it's just it's so rewarding to see uh, our alumni that, now have children and um, they're successful in their jobs. But we had we had alumni that flew in from Arizona, uh, Michigan, South Florida, Chicago, um, just really all over Arkansas. We all over um, even you know our local ones that that came in and you know we had a lot that that texted me or emailed that they couldn't they couldn't make it this weekend because they've got families and their kids are now of the age where they're busy into into their sports, and I totally understand. But it was a really good night, and, and I hope the alumni appreciated uh, coming back because we appreciate them coming back. And I know Coach Julie Boland, she has a lot to do with oh, a yeah. lot of the planning around Fan mm-hmm. Day and mm-hmm. uh, around the reunion. Talk about her and what an asset she is to have on the staff as well, as, as long as she's been on the staff too. Yeah, Tyler, and – you know, and I'm so fortunate to, to have Julie because she's an alumni too, and I want her to enjoy the reunion, to just sit back. But yet, you know, I always joke and I always call Julie, our, she's our detail specialist. I mean, she's the one that is going to, she's going to make sure every I is, is dotted and uh, every T is crossed. And I mean, she, the fan day, she will have it down to the, um, I mean, like you, when we played some of the games, we had already gone over it with the team on Wednesday. They knew exactly where, where they had to roll the ball baskets, exactly where they needed to, to stand and everything. But it just shows the kind of pride that she has. And, you know, and, and you know she wants it to be successful because I know it's a stressful week for her, and uh, especially with the reunion going on and, um, and everything because we're all busy, but Julie takes on twice as much of the weight to make sure – everything goes smooth and it always is I mean uh, it's always been successful but it's because she does pay attention to the details and she does take pride and and she really wants wants to knock it out of the park this weekend and I would say she did I'm proud to have her and you know that's just like uh, you know on the team um, she's still like the way we manage the team and everything her role one of her roles is she is the detail specialist Tyler she will make sure that the Shirt tails are tucked in. Uh, phones are left on the bus. She'll, I mean, you know, she will make sure of all all the little details that, you know, that maybe I, I would overlook or don't don't pay attention to. Julie pays attention to all of that, and and it's funny how all three of us are are so different but yet alike and have the same goals. But we are we're all three different. We all three have have our different roles. But that's the fun. I think that's what makes makes you a good team. And Fan Day is always a great kickoff to the season. Mm-hmm. You guys get started on Friday mm-hmm. uh, playing in the Kennesaw Tournament, mm-hmm. Purdue-Fort Wayne on uh, Friday. That starts at 11 a.m. And then Kennesaw State at 1 p.m. Mm-hmm. So uh, yeah. the season's here. I can't believe it. They, they come around fast, don't you, Tyler? They do. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I talked to the girls about this last week. And, 
you know, we were talking. We, now we're counting down to single days. And, and Tyler, it was just, I kept telling them in the fall when we were four months out. And, you know, they were working so hard. And I said, it's easy for you to slack up or, or not come out and work so hard because you're like, oh, we got four months till the season or five months. I said, but I'm telling you, it's going to be here. And, and then you can't go back and get the extra work in. So you better be taking advantage in the fall. And we were just talking about that, that exact thing um, last week. I said, well, it's here. And you could see the girls, you know, you could tell they, they're getting excited. They're ready to play. Um, but, but it does. It comes around fast. And when it comes to preparation, I know mm -hmm. just over the past, uh, about the past month, we've had probably some of the coldest weather we've had yes. this winter. But um, and we had a very wet fall. Mm -hmm. But lucky for you guys, you have a brand new field. You mm -hmm. have the all turf mm -hmm. field, so that yep. kind of allows you to practice at any time you want to. Yes. And then also baseball has the indoor that I know mm -hmm. you guys have utilized. Mm -hmm. uh, how different has it been prep wise this year as compared to past years and having the facilities to be able to just anytime you need to get out on the field, you don't have to worry about it being yeah. muddy and sloppy and all of yeah. that. Hey, I mean, it, it's very nice, Tyler, because, I mean, there's practices where we're practicing right through the rain. You know, as long as it's not lightning, uh, we're out there. And, and then Coach Case, their indoor facility, they, they've been gracious to allow us to use it. We're, when we use baseball, we get in there about 6 o'clock in the morning um, because they're, they've got it uh, from, from noon on. But, yeah, we get in there and get our work in early, but it's, it's really nice that we have a place to go. But, you know, it's like I, I – talk to our girls about the first time we practiced and we practiced throughout through the rain I said listen if we're going to be playing it I said that's the thing about the turf and Tyler you sat through the Murray game last mm -hmm. year and it was well who calls it when does when when is it too wet and we just played right through the rain and and I said uh, that's all part of we need to learn how to play through the rain and it's all part of home field advantage I said if we're going to be playing we're going to be practicing in it and uh, so we stayed and we practiced two hours uh, in the rain, and the girls understand now, well, we're not getting out of <laughs> practice because of the rain because the turf is, is great. It does not get too wet. It does not get sloppy. It may get a little slick or a little fast, uh, but it, it stays in great shape. We don't have to worry about that. I think the hardest thing about that Murray game was making sure that Faith Sims had a had a towel yes, constantly a on her drive yes. that she could she could reach behind uh -huh. her, drying the ball off, and keep it dry until she was ready to pitch. Yes, and that's uh, that's the main thing, and that's what we're kind of learning is to keep a bucket with, you know, maybe some rosin to soak soak the softballs in and, and to keep them dry. So, um, but yeah, it, it was all new last year, and we didn't know, you know, umpires didn't know when do you call the game, but um you know then they finally stopped it when when the pitchers couldn't hold on to the ball but yeah we we can practice as far as the field goes it's going to stay in good shape and we're very fortunate to have that this coming season uh it's going to be a challenge with a lot of mm -hmm. new faces and then uh there's a lot of road games oh yeah not a, not a ton of home games yeah. and so how are we attacking this season as far as being able to say you know there's going to be a lot of games where we're playing on the road you've got to be ready and mm -hmm. here's here's uh what you have to do to uh be engaged and focused and ready to go. Yeah. You know, it's um, it just seems like every year, I don't know, softball, we do travel a lot because we, we like to, in February, we like to get on the bus and we just like to go. And to me, you know, in the hotels, when you got the team together, we do a lot of, uh, you know, you grow together and you get to learn your teammates uh, together and you kind of knock out the distraction. So we are, most of the time, we're on the road uh, during the month of February, we are hosting a weekend where it's us, Samford, and UT San Antonio.
can't remember if that's the last weekend of February or, or early March. But, uh, yeah, we are on the road. It's just really it's part of our sport. But the thing that stands out to me, Tyler, is our OVC road games. Our OVC road games are the toughest, and it's the toughest opponents in the league. Um, you know, we're going to SIU, EIU. We're going to SEMO. We're going to Murray. Um, we're going to UT Martin. So, um, to me, the, the OVC road is going to be tough. And, um, you know, not just because – I mean, I think every OVC team approaches us like it's the biggest game on their, their schedule. But, you know, it, it'll be tough just the places – we'll be putting in a lot of miles uh, in the OVC. And it just worked out to where, you know, it's our year to travel. So, But as far as, um, you know, we just try to prepare them, try to, try to talk to them. Uh, bases are still the same. Pitch and rubber – still the same just you know be f more focused than the other team and uh, take care of business so uh, we don't make a big deal about it but yet we try to prepare them for for what's ahead because you know there are some schools um, they'll have a big fan base and student section and everything but bottom line is we're just training just as just as hard for the road games as we are the home games and yeah. like you said it is ex inexperienced and that's that's the thing that's when you the veterans that we do have on on the team, that's when they need to, to really um, – that's when a lot of locker room uh, camaraderie comes into play. And in the hotels, they need to tell them – because we've got several girls that have never been to any school in the OVC. And then then we've got a lot of girls that's going to be in start starting for us this year that's never been a starter. Um in OVC plays, so you know now now the weight is on their shoulders and the expectations are, are bigger for them. So you know it is it, it is important, and uh, you know that the the older ones, the Lex Jimersons, the Ryan Luna, the Jada Terrys, uh, that they really talk on a regular basis to the girls and what the OVC is like and what our competition is like. And Tyler, this is why I loved this weekend. Our our current team. You know, at the reunion, they're the ones that work the reunion. They're the ones that sat at the tables with the alumni. They're the ones that served them. Um, we wanted them to be be around them as much as possible, just to hear, you know, the tradition of our program. The, um, you know, the good, you know, what they got, went through as athletes is the same thing that this team will go through. And so I think that was very important to get some wisdom from players that's been here, done that. You mentioned your home tournament. That's the mm -hmm. Jacksonville State Invitational last mm -hmm. weekend of February. Mm -hmm. Two really good teams coming into this. Mm -hmm. Sanford from the Southern Conference, in-state rivalry, uh, uh -huh. head coach there, Mandy Burford. And then mm -hmm. the other team, UTSA, Texas San Antonio, a mm -hmm. team from the uh, from Conference USA. And so uh, fantastic Invitational coming up. Sanford's going to play UTSA first, February 28th at noon. But then Jacksonville State, Sanford. February uh, 28th at 2.30 p.m. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's kind of just like a, a round robin. We did have Northern Colorado in it. And, uh, you know, a lot of teams, when their budgets come out, they, they realize they couldn't make this trip or when their – or maybe their conference changed the schedule. So so we're just turning it in to make sure we all get, you know, three or four games. So that's what we're doing. And uh, it will it'll be good competition. UT San Antonio, they'll, they'll be a good program. Sanford, of course, will be a good rivalry for us. They're always a – a, a tough opponent but um you know their coach michelle she used to be at indiana we played each other against each other a long time ago so i know they'll be well coached and it'll be a good good opponent i'm not sure if our, we've ever played ut san antonio but i'm looking forward to that
when you say that you played against her, does that mean when you were on the basketball court, no, when you were playing? when we or? were playing, uh, she coached at University of Indiana for years. And so Jack State softball, we would see them in tournaments. We would uh, – she's now the head coach, but we, we would – meet each other a lot when she was at Indiana so I know they were a well-coached team and I know what what kind of athletes that she likes to put on her team. You were a Mm -hmm. six-time OVC coach of the year but then going back to your playing days (laughs) you were a (laughs) two-time all Gulf South Conference selection. Uh Uh, 1991 you guys won the Gulf South and Mm -hmm. ended up winning the uh, Division II South Regional Mm -hmm. and you and your sister Dana you're the only two to have your jerseys retired. Mm -hmm. Um, they're hanging up in the peat right now. Yeah. Uh, tell me about your playing days and your decision to come to Jacksonville State, mm-hmm. uh, staying near your hometown, and what it means to be a coach at your alma mater. You know, Tyler, I think the location and, and because it was Jacksonville State, that's the reason that we came here. Um, it wasn't because of uh, the tradition in the women's basketball because they really had no no tradition uh, I don't. I think they had won one game the year before that we we got here, and um, but yes, it, it was a good location. And, and Tyler, it's just a just a funny story looking back. But our mom worked here. She worked over in the ROTC here on campus, and um, you know, and so we we were very familiar with Jacksonville State. But when when we became of recruiting age, like eleventh graders, and we started thinking, well, we may have a shot at college. Uh, Dana and I always said, we're not going to Jack State. We're not going to Jacksonville State. We're, we're moving off. And then um, we visited. We went, we visited Alabama and we visited Auburn, talked to Coach Champy. Um, and then we talked um, with Alabama. I, I can't remember the coach there. It was a female at the time. But we went for visits there. And But both schools only wanted – they wanted both of us, but they wanted us both to come with, on one scholarship. And uh, – we grew up Auburn fans. Um, our family was just Auburn fans. But throughout the recruiting process, when it came down to it, we liked Alabama better. And uh, we liked uh, when we went on our visit better. But, um, you know, that was the where's the twins going? Where's the twins going? I can remember, Tyler, the night before signing period. Me and Diana, we really didn't. We knew where both of us probably wanted what was the best decision. Um but our dad came in there, and he told us, he said, I don't care where you go. He said, if you want to go to Auburn, go to Auburn. If you want to go to Alabama, go to Alabama. If you want to go to Jack State, he said, don't worry about, uh, you know, both of you not being on scholarship. Don't worry about the money, how much it's going to gonna cost. And, uh, and you know, Tyler, who recruited us, when, we, when Jacksonville State was talking to us, we went in the week before signing period, Mr. Cole, Talked my mom into bringing us in for a visit, and I remember we went into the – it's now the old football field house, and we went into where Coach Gross's office is, and we sat around the table, and, you know, and he had – he brought Coach Bill Johns in. We met Coach Burgess. But Mr. Cole did the recruiting for us because uh, they did not have a basketball coach at the time. And then we talked with Dr. McGee, and they just both promised us that they were about to put a lot of interest. They were going to invest in women's athletics and women's basketball um, was was going to be one of the sports that they really um, invested in. And they were going to be hiring a good coach. Um, but Mr. Cole really recruited a lot of those players that were on the starting five uh, 
for us. I know he recruited Tammy Broom, who was an Aniston uh, native, and she was at junior college down in South Alabama. But there were several players that Mr. Cole recruited. And, um, you know, so we tr we loved Mr. Cole. We trusted him. But anyway, the next day, signing day, it's like, now we got to announce where we're going. And Medina, we looked at each other and we said, we're going to Jack State. And uh, best decision we ever made. Because, Tyler, if we would have went to Alabama or Auburn, who knows if we would have, you know, had the career we have we had at Jack State. I mean, we were, we were going into a program that had never won. So the excitement around this campus was, was huge with women's basketball. And, um, you know, and I remember um, the peak would be packed, Tyler. People, I mean, Julie and them can't believe it when I tell them stories that I remember we were playing Troy State one night, and it was ha we come out at halftime of our women's game, and they announced that the doors were going to be locked, that the fire marshal said nobody else could come into the – to the game and uh, you know and and because everybody in spring garden everybody in the area they just came for the women's basketball and then you had a great men's team that they would stay for the double headers because men and women played the same time every every night or played together back to back and it was just fun basketball then and it still is and, it, and that's why i'm proud of where it's getting today it's getting back to those um those days where the peat would be packed and everybody was everybody knew where they were going to be um if the basketball teams were playing so um yes it, it was very very good i remember one year we won um an award for the most attendance uh, of a women's basketball uh, for the season we had the highest attendance so we did we had great support and um you know not just in the community but around campus i mean you could we couldn't go in the diner uh, the workers there would be talking about the game. Going bib graves, you know, people in the offices were talking about the games from the night before. So it, it was some fun times. You still hold the record for career assists mm -hmm. and for uh, assists in a single season for the women's basketball program. And then right after graduation, you got into coaching mm -hmm. and you went and won a state championship in your first year. Uh-huh, Yeah. Uh, I got hired at Cherokee County, and I, you know, but Tyler, I, I inherited some some good players. Um, I I took over a program uh, that Dale Welch had built, and so when I went in, my biggest thing and my biggest pressure that I had was not to mess up what he had built, uh, because he was Dale was retiring, and. Um, you know, and he, he had some good players. They had had great years before. Uh, so I just really wanted to continue what he had built for him and, and for the for Cherokee County. And, and I did. I had good players. And, you know, I just didn't want to do them wrong. And, and so uh, we were very fortunate to win state that year. And, and then that's when, you know, Mr. Cole called Dana and I to see if we would be in, interested in, in coming back to Jacksonville State. That was the year – they had decided that Jacksonville State would be making the move to Division One, and so Mr. Cole told us he was doing a lot of shuffling on, on coaching staffs and everything. So that's when we decided to come back to Jack State. And so whenever you got back to Jack State, mm -hmm. you were Dana's assistant coach yeah. on the basketball team, uh -huh. and then she was your assistant coach on the softball team. Yes, yes. It's always been rumored, and I know you, and I don't think you would do this. <laughs> People would joke about you two switch numbers during basketball games. <laughs> Did that ever happen? No, Tyler. <laughs> I promise you it never happened. Uh, but Jane Williamson at West Georgia, she swears. <laughs> I mean, to this day, 
Tyler, she still, if we run into her, because she, she goes back to Harrison County. To play, uh, that's where she cut, first coached. And so we'll see her at some of the Christmas high school tournaments. She still swears that we switched jerseys. <laughs> and you, we can blame Mike Paris for that because, uh, yeah, I mean, I was point guard. We were playing them in a regional uh, game. I don't know if it was the championship, but uh, – and it seems like Dana had gotten in foul trouble or um, they were really zoning in on her. So what Coach Mathis did, he switched our positions, not our numbers. And he just said, Dana, you're running point guard. Jenny, you're going to have to take over scoring. You're going to have to look to drive. And it's just like we reversed roles. And then I started scoring and – um, because I didn't have the best defender like Dana did on her. And so we beat them that night, and they're in our same hotel, and they're sitting out around the pool because Mike, Mike knew Jane. Uh, and so they were sitting out around the pool, and Jane told Mike, said, I know those twins switched jerseys. I know they I know they switched jerseys. And all Mike told her was, yeah, they do that sometimes. <laughs> and then he walked to the hotel room and, and, and told her, to this day, she still thinks that, She's going to go to her grave thinking that we switched jerseys, but we never did. It was it would have been a good idea, and we could have, and we could have got away with it, um, but we never did. That's so funny because mm. knowing you and the integrity that you have, yeah. Paris has told that story before, and uh -huh. it's, it's always been something that we've laughed about and yes. something we that obviously you would never believe. Yes. But um, knowing, obviously, that uh, Dana was your twin mm -hmm. sister, identical twin, mm -hmm. did that cause a lot of confusion on the court? With other yeah, teams yeah, that you it could, did. that I was mean, very you, noticeable. You would, hear, you would hear them saying, no, I've got 12. No, I've got 20. You've got her, you know. So, yeah, it was a lot of times. They would get, they, they would be guarding the wrong one. But, um, yeah, you'd hear team teams, you've got her. And so it, it was, but it was a lot of fun. Did you play softball in high school too? Mm -hmm. Well, not until my senior year. I, Dana and I grew up playing women's uh, A class and major slow pitch. And actually, Tyler, this is another thing that people don't believe. But we played on a women's team with 18 to 21-year-old uh, women when we were 12. And so uh, we, we would go to all the – we would travel into Atlanta, Atlanta and Birmingham and, um, and play women's uh, slow pitch. And so um, – but that's the only softball. And then our senior year is when Spring Garden added, added softball. And Steve Baker was our first coach. So, um, and then when we came off to college, Jack State, actually our freshman year, um, the spring, it would have been the spring of 88, that's when they started the, the fast pitch program here. It was a non-scholarship sport. But, you know, it's pretty neat that, that I saw, I mean, I saw the girls going in for the first meeting about softball. It's down in the, the old hospitality room. And, uh, you know, so it's, it's pretty neat that I did see the program evolve and create it was created and um and how it's grown it is it is pretty amazing because back then tyler they had they used players uh from softball basket from softball volleyball all the other sports would play softball in the spring because it wasn't as demanding i mean when your sport was over it was over um we didn't have all the strength conditioning and all that um so yeah, they would take a lot of athletes from the other sports and play softball. And there were there were also some sorority girls that played on the softball team. And um, Coach Hardeman, she talked Dana and I into coming out and practicing. And we were going to play, but Coach Mathis, our coach, found out and he wouldn't let us play softball. So we were just we were just fans. But we did have basketball teammates that played softball. Did you ever have any interest drawn from universities to play softball? No, 
Tyler, because they didn't have, they had slow pitch. And the only, um, the only fast pitch schools around, and people find this hard too, Jack State had fast pitch before the SEC had fast pitch. South Carolina was the only school that competed fast pitch back in the days, and then you had Florida State. And Florida State had just come off of a, a women's national championship slow pitch. And so Joanne Graff, it's like she had to learn fast pitch as well. And so it was it was not really until early 90s when SEC uh, started, they went fast pitch. And because we, we played Alabama when they were a non-sponsored sport. And uh, so it's pretty neat to see how the sport has really grown and, and just exploded. And so I know from experience, I I worked at Chattanooga and I worked mm-hmm. at UAB. Mm-hmm. Um, I believe the first year of softball at Chattanooga was 1994. And then yeah. uh, Marla Townsend, who was the head coach at UAB, she's who started up the program yep. there and yep. had always been the head coach. And so uh, both of those programs, you look at them and uh, mm-hmm. they're they're so much younger than yeah. Jacksonville State's program. They are. They are. And uh, so it's really amazing when, when you tell, and I, I try to tell at the reunion, I really try to talk about the history of fast pitch and, and that Jack State, uh, I mean, Tyler, when uh, the state, the high school was still slow pitch when Jack State went fast pitch. And, um, you know, so it, it was pretty neat when you when you hear the history. Um, one, one good thing, though, when we were in the Gulf South, you had Livingston at the time, now they're West Alabama, um, you had, uh, like, UAH, several of them had fast-pitch teams, so they would play each other. Based on what we saw from Fan Day yesterday, mm-hmm. and just just knowing this from being in softball previously and uh, seeing how popular it is now, mm-hmm. tell me how you've seen the sport grow from Little League, age five and six, all the way up to high school and travel ball, just the oh boom goodness. that the sport has had. Tyler, it's on a wave that I didn't ever think could be this high. And uh, you wonder when the wave is going to fall, but it doesn't seem it doesn't seem to be, be doing that. And, you know, and I, of, I often think, Tyler, why? Why is the sport? I think it's fast. I think it's fun. But I think there's so much participation Tyler in the sport of softball because you can be all sizes and shapes and you know you can be fast you can be slow you can be strong you might you know be weaker but you can still be successful at this sport and I think back to some of our all-american pitchers or some of our best pitchers that's ever come through this program and you ask them how they got started playing softball and they're like because how did you start pitching? And they're like, because I couldn't do anything else. And so somebody just said, you try to pitch. Go over here and try to pitch. <laughs> and they ended up being good. But, you know, it's just – and plus, it's amazing, uh, Tyler, just the publicity um, that the sport of softball gets. And, you know, now you can watch every game in the postseason on, on TV. You can, you can log on to ESPN3 and watch all kind of divisions playing and – just the social media, the, you know, just the, the marketing and, and it's out there and, and you can watch, watch a game. So, and I, I think it's, you know, that, that's what has caught on with the popularity and everybody wants to be a part of that. And like you mentioned, you can watch it, uh, all of our home games are mm-hmm. streamed on ESPN plus. And so, uh, yeah. if you're not at university field, you can always log on and watch from there. And, yes. uh, We've got some exciting games coming up, and it all starts with the uh, Jacksonville State Invitational. 
You guys get started February 28th. That's 2.30 p.m. against Sanford. Mm -hmm. And then after that, uh, it's a doubleheader Friday, 5 p.m., Texas-San Antonio. And then we'll wrap up the tournament on Saturday. Again, UTSA, 12.30 p.m. on February 29th. And then we cap it off with Sanford, February 29th. That's Saturday at 3 p.m. Coach, thanks so much for coming Thank on the you, podcast. Tyler, I'm and, honored to be here. Oh, Thank you for having me and yeah, inviting me. Love to have you on, and I'm sure there's a lot more stuff that we could cover, and so we might have to have a part two. <laughs> or a part five, maybe. <laughs> and, Tyler, you work with our softball program. We appreciate you so much. Well, I, I enjoy it. You, you always make me feel like you, I'm a part of the team. You are. You are. It takes, uh, takes a lot of people to make a good program. Thank you. Well, thanks so much, Coach, and good luck uh, in the coming weeks. Thank you. That'll do it for this week's edition of Behind the Beat. Be sure to check back in next week when we release a brand-new episode. For Avery Davis, I am Tyler Brown saying thank you for listening and go Gamecocks. This has been Behind the Beak, the official podcast of Jacksonville State Athletics. Look for new episodes each week or browse the archives on the Apple Podcast app or by visiting JSUGamecockSports.com. For more on Jacksonville State Athletics, visit the official website of the Gamecocks, JSUGamecocksports.com, and follow JSU on social media by searching at JSUGamecocks on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram.